0: Hey everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today we're going to be doing a stock analysis on Google, ticker symbol GOOG and GOOGL. For today's agenda, I'm going to give my price target, look at 2021 Q4 results, earnings highlights, I'm going to go over my DCF model for Google, and lastly, I'll give my final thoughts on Google as an investment. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. Also hit that like button. Thank you so much for watching. Now back to your content. Jumping into my price target for Google, I have them currently set at 2,500 in the next 12 months, which does indicate some downside in the name, at least in the short run. Now, currently right now, I have my DCF model set at $2,407 with an EBITDA multiple of about $2,800, which is closer to where they're currently trading. Now, from a risk perspective, I believe they were a previously overlooked company, but with the recent growth and increase in buybacks and some good things have happened over Google, having an extreme growth rate of 41% growth in the last year has attracted many investors to the name, and you can see it in the stark run-up of Google over the last year and a half. And now, looking at their revenue to free cash flow margin, it is the highest in the last five years, and so, I want to go over it. Uh, I'll be going over a few of these factors um, about Google. You know, they had a very uh, unicorn of a year, it appears. Um, what they do moving forward is definitely what we're really caring about rather than what they just did this single year. So, we'll go over that in the DCF model later on in the video. All right, jumping into Q4 2021 results reported on February 1st. Earnings per share normalized and GAP came in at $30.69 a share, respectively. And they beat by both of those by $3.41 and $3.45, respectively. So a good solid beat there compared to analyst expectations. Now they also beat revenue expectations by $3.5 billion. They reported $75. Billion compared to analyst expectations of 71.83. So overall, a very solid quarter to end a very good year. All right, jumping into earnings highlights for Google. Now, the first thing is, again, just a reminder, they grew by 41%. This is a company that almost had, I think, around $180 billion in revenue in 2020, and they increased that up to um, 250 some odd billion dollars. Um, You know, is incredible growth for a company that's pretty sizable. Now, from a guidance perspective, they didn't really give revenue, earnings per share. They did kind of hint at CapEx in their earnings call, and they quote, uh, they were gonna continue sizable investments for Google Cloud, Um, but again, little detail around that. Now, prior to earnings, they did announce a stock split, and they followed up on that during the earnings call. I believe that's going to do that 20 for one split in July. Um, And another thing that happened in 2021 is they had $50 billion in buybacks, which is pretty big. But again, their current market cap is around 1.87 billion, um, you know, billion dollars. So that's around three to four percent of their uh, their market share. So and then uh, based off of their previous authorizations and what they did this last year, I think they probably have around $6 billion remaining. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is this is a, an increase of from $30 billion to $50 billion in their uh, share buyback authorization. And they'll probably um, reauthorize more shares in Q1. So we'll be looking out for that in their next earnings call. All right, real quickly, before we go into the DCF model, there's two things I really wanna point out. The first is the gap between analyst expectations and uh, the reported earnings have been getting narrower and narrower over the last year. Now, Google has had a wonderful run over the last year, and I'm hoping we can start to see that gap get a little bit smaller and smaller. Now, if they come out in surprise, that's good for Google shareholders. But what I'd like to see is some uh, consistent cash flows so we have better uh, DCF model calculations. It's a little speculative when you see these large beats like you saw in Q1. If we start to see that again, it, it really makes it hard to um, you know, project them out moving forward. Now, from an analyst uh, an annual revenue estimate, um, you can see that analysts have them at around $303 billion for full year 2022 um, or about an 18% um, increase in revenue and in 2023 they have them up about 15.8 percent at 351 billion so keep those things in mind as we move into the dcf model where we look at some of their historic growth rates all right jumping into my dcf model for google my dcf calculation is about 2400 and my EBITDA multiple around 2800 now let's talk about some of the inputs so starting off with the growth rate i have them growing about 15 percent over the next five years with a long-term growth rate of about 5%. Moving forward, you can see that their free cash flow in my model does decrease between 2021 and 2022. I'll talk a little bit more about that a little later on. And the discount rate you will also see stays at 10% over the next five years. Another thing is I keep their shares outstanding at 677 million. Net debt is basically a positive. Uh, 60 billion dollars as they have more um, cash and cash equivalents than short-term and long-term debt and then uh yeah i went over that so and then their EBITDA multiple i have it six so six times their EBITDA is what um, the EBITDA multiple is based off of now there's a couple special considerations for google one thing i wanted to talk about is a growth rate of 15 percent would put google at 518 billion dollars in revenue in 2026 Currently, Walmart was the only company to do that at $572 billion, So, um, and that's followed by uh, Amazon at $469 billion. Um, so, um, you know, those, that is one consideration. Um, growing free cash flow as a percentage for the last year, so we'll talk a little bit about that, and then the EBITDA margins are inconsistent. So let's talk about some of the ratios I decided to use of turning revenue into EBITDA and revenue to free cash flow and what their growth rates and how I came up with 15% for their growth rate over the next five years. So from the EBITDA side, you can see that it has been relatively consistent in the 30 to 33% range, um, excluding the last year of 35%. So I went ahead and started them off at 32% and then tapered about half a percent. Uh, to 2026. Again, this is more of a conservative estimate. You could keep them at 30% and all this is going to do is increase the EBITDA multiple effectively. From a free cash flow perspective, the ratio has again been a little bit of a roller coaster going from 18, 22, 28, 21, 16, 19, 23, and then 26 is where they're currently at. So if you look over the last four years, you could say, hey, it's uptrending. We should continue to uptrend hold on not so fast if we look over the years in 2014 to 2016 we can see that they did have strong uh, uptrend between of about 10 percent over that year and the following year we saw it drop by about six or seven percent and then a year after that we saw it drop so in two years we saw it increase 10 percent and then two years following we saw it drop um 12 12 percent So, all I'm trying to say with this is the free cash flow margin, I'm basically adding, I'm basically kind of averaging to 20%. Hopefully, that gives us not too uh, low of a a conservative estimate, but also not too high as to uh, overestimate because free cash flow is a um, very important metric in a a DCF model, obviously. Um, Now, from a revenue growth perspective, I have them at 15% over the next five years. Now, now, the reason why I went over how much like how much revenue that would actually put them at, that is a lot of money considering the majority of that is going to be ad revenue um, unless something significantly happens with their Google Cloud business. Um, again, their Google Cloud business could become a, a strong free cash flow generator, but right now they're still operating at a loss on that specific business. Even generating $5 billion in revenue, they're still having an operate, operation loss. So, Um, It it could be a good margin in the future, but right now we haven't seen it, so we don't want to plan for it. Now on the revenue growth side, again, we've seen revenue growth go from 13% all the way up to 23%, back down to 12%, and then this last year, 41%. So what do we do with revenue? Um, I do say, we we did talk about analyst expectations of 18 and 15% over the next two years. I would like to play it a little bit more conservative Guide them a little bit lower around from 15, you know, from 18 where the analysts are down to 15, because I'm not so sure that they're going to have such a strong year, where some things are a little uncertain. There's also some, you know, political things that are going on right now that could affect Google that I don't believe analysts are weighing in, and that's just my my opinion on on being more conservative with the model. So I do think 15% is uh, realistic. However, I think 15% compounded year over year is, you know, really, it's really hard to wrap my mind how over the next five years, Google is going to double their revenue. Now, they have done that already um, and continue to do that over the last, you know, th- the previous five years. Um, they could do it again. I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying it's just hard, really hard to fathom that the company would grow at that rate. Um, it's... it's you know, consistently grow at that rate. So, um, another thing I'll I'll just go ahead and throw out here is another possible scenario is let's let's say things start to really slow down for Google and they go from fifteen percent to thirteen to eleven to to nine and end at seven percent and their long term growth rate stays at five percent. We could see that DCF start to go down to about two thousand uh, dollars a share and the EBITDA multiple drop to about twenty twenty three. Five a share. So um, all that to be said is the growth rate is extremely important if we do start to see some weakness in their share price, even though their free cash flow has been expanding like crazy, you may be overpaying if the growth rate slows down more than um, more than investors are are paying right now. So all I'm trying to say is there is risk with Google. Now, why are people paying $2,800 a share? Now, let's say they grow at 20% next year and they put in 20% the next year and 20%, 20%, 20%. Now, you could see a DCF of about $2,900 a share. Now, that would put their revenue in year uh, year five at 641, which is more than what Walmart's doing right now. So I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around how that is possible. So all that being said, uh, another another possible scenario, like let's say they just do 20% in the next two years um, and you increase your long-term growth rate of, to 6%, um, that's gonna all also increase um, your your DCF model to over 3,000. So my point is, is that, I mean, this long-term growth rate is extremely important. I think 5% for, for Google, um, is good. Uh, You can see this is the majority of where the value is coming. That's $1.7 billion, which is currently what they're valued at by themselves. Um, So um, yeah, I mean, if that starts to decline substantially, I mean, I I would rather go with a conservative number um, and and be wrong. Um, I do own Google. So this is more of a hold, I would say more of a hold for me at the moment. Um, I'm definitely not saying sell Google Uh, I do think that they have um, a good long-term growth potential Um, over the next 10 years they're going to at least double in size in my opinion and they're going to continue growing and and doing good things Um, um, they continue to be a leader in the industry and so I'm not really worried from that perspective all I'm trying to say is where they're currently trading is a little higher than what I'd be willing to pay If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. I do videos on personal finance investing and stock analysis. My name is Frank, Frank Finance, out.